Hi all, this is Flo Lorene of Sinbreed. You are listening to Focus on Metal and have fun listening. Metalhead Scott Thompson here, welcoming you to episode 280 of Focus on Metal. Just like last week, we have another double bill show for you this week. First up, I have Flo Lorin, the mastermind behind the band Sinbreed. I've had Flo on before, and they just put out a brand new album on AFM called Master Creator, and I thought it was a good time to get Flo back on and talk about all things Sinbreed. Let us know what's going on in their world. And up after that, I have Dr. Danny Mann. Yeah, an actual doctor here on the show. Danny is guitarist and one of the founding members of the band Sorizon. So another uh, new band introduced to you this week. If you're not already aware of Sorizon after today, you will be. So before we get things rolling today, I just wanted to take an opportunity to remind everybody that uh, Focus on Metal is a member of the Blast Syndicate, which is a loose affiliation of a bunch of shows, uh, most notably Inside Metal, Iron City Rocks, Mars Attacks, Metal Geeks, the MSR Cast, Neckbreaker, Radioactive Metal, and last but not least, because we're going in alphabetical order here, Wiki Metal. So a lot of those names you guys probably remember from the Cast Iron Ring, and this is just kind of almost like a Cast Iron Ring Part 2. So lots of good shows on there for people to check out, and I urge you to go to BlastSyndicate.com and uh, listen to all those other shows too. A lot of stuff well worth listening to. And with all that out of the way, it's time for Track of the Week. Track of the Week this week comes to us from Oral Music and the band is called Rain. The last time these guys released an album was back in 2013 and that album was just more or less an acoustic kind of funky thing going on. Really, as they call it, an excursion away from their normal sound as opposed to 2011's Triple X release. So here we are in 2016 and these guys have come out with a brand new one and it is called Space Pirates. And these guys really are putting in this elements of hard rock and metal. And you can hear, you can even hear like some of that Texas boogie in here, which is really odd from a band coming out of Italy, but also uh, some ACDC flavored tracks on here as well. Just a lot of stuff on here. And these guys definitely know how to bring the hooks, but like I said, stellar tracks on here. Kite and Roll's a great one. Blackford Rising, Hellfire. Really good stuff from these guys. But I thought that I would just give you the title track this week as track of the week. So the band's name is called Rain. The new release is called Space Pirates. It's out on oral music as both a CD or a digital download. And this is the title track, Space Pirates.
There you go. Track of the week, courtesy of Rain. And if you're digging that one, you can hook up with them on the always ubiquitous Facebook, facebook.com slash raincrew1980. You're on Twitter. You can get a hold of them at twitter.com rain bologna because of course these guys are from italy and if you just want to go right to their website it is raincrew.com so again that one there from rain off of their brand new one space pirates and i should also throw out that the album art for this is really cool reminded me of some of those old dangerous toys album covers for some reason so our first guest up this week is Flo Lorin from Sinbreed. As I mentioned previously, had Flo on the show a while back when their last release came out. That was the Shadows album back in 2014. And considering how busy the members of this band are, I was extremely surprised that in my mailbox arrived a physical copy of Master Creator, the latest one from Flo and the band. So this one is another great slab of epic German power metal. And I was more than happy to sit down with Flo and find out all about what's going on with Sinbreed and what the story was behind the creation of Master Creator. I'm doing good, Scott. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Perfect. So, How's uh, the sound quality? Spot on. Perfect. Perfect. Obviously, talking to you today about the brand new Sinbreed album, Master Creator, and it's always good to talk to you. Last time I talked to you was back in April of 2014 when you guys put out Shadows. And, you know, this album comes out, it comes in my mailbox. I was nicely provided with a physical copy, which is always good. And I was like, really? Already you guys have done another album? Amazing, amazing stuff. Well, thank you very much. Good to hear that. I'm glad you like it the same way I do. <laughs> very cool. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It's, it's such a solid album. And it's even, you know, more amazing when you consider the fact that, uh, you know, with the fact that Blind Guardian has put out an album in that time period and Avantasia has put an, an album out in that time period as well. And yet you guys were still able to put such an incredibly solid album together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you're right. It was kind of a hell ride, you know, to to change to to schedule everything around. And you know, Frederick being on tour, Herbie working with Tobias Summit and stuff like that. So it really gave us a hard time. But uh, maybe this is the reason why it came out this cool because we want to show, okay, we can do it even if the surroundings are a bit heavy. So um, I'm very happy that that you like it that much. Yeah, no, it, it is pretty awesome. I've I only even have just one small tiny issue with it, and that's of course the piano ballad. However, the rest <laughs> of the album is so incredibly crushing that I'm like, all right, I can overlook the piano ballad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. The last time we talked. Um, I said that uh, there won't be a ballot until I turn 40, but uh, I have nothing to do with it. It's all on Frederick's uh, idea, and I just played the guitar, so I'm totally cool with it. <laughs> and I do like the guitar parts in it. I was happy as it got further on. I'm like, all right, there's some guitar in here. This is all right. But uh, yeah, the rest of it is just so awesome that it uh, it, it just kind of wipes that away for me pretty well. <laughs> perfect, perfect. So, of course, you know, everybody should know, too, that, you know, you're more than just a guitarist in Sinbreed. I mean, you produced this album. You helped Marcus with the mix. And uh, you did a lot of the, the cover concept and all that stuff as well. So you've been a pretty busy guy around this release, as well as almost every release you guys have done, right? Yeah, that's absolutely true. And uh, the cool thing is that, um, you know, when we started with When Worlds Collide, this was uh, the record I wrote in total on my own. But having such talented guys in the band, it's pretty cool that they um, contributed to the, to the songs and to the record. 
so that I could fill in more in the producer role, the mixer role, some managing stuff and like that. And so I was able to focus on the production, my guitar parts and the three or four songs I provided and put everything together the other guys delivered. And I really like that role. And it adds, uh, of course, a little bit of color to the record. So um, I'm pretty happy with the outcome and that we have grown as a band, you know. Yeah. And, and I would also imagine that because you can do so many of those roles, that's probably another reason why you guys were able to turn around another album in about 18 months. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, one thing which is very important is that, um, you know, Frederick and Alex, we do live in the same city. So it was uh, quite easy to, you know, do the rehearsals to the songwriting and actually record it. So only Herbie was the one who was living a bit, little bit far away. So this really helped to, to um, do it in about 18 months. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And of course, on this one here, on the liner notes, I actually learned something new after being in music for, God, since I've been about 16 years old. <laughs> I didn't realize that the plural of solos was solide. <laughs> yeah, I, I double-checked it because in German language it is that way, but I wanted to double-check it, and even the dictation tells me I'm right. I really hope it is right. No, it, it <laughs> is, because I looked and I went, ah, wait a minute, did they just like not translate that right or, or what? And, and I'm like, I'm going to give Flo crap about this, but I looked it up and I'm like... It is that I never realized that the plural of, of solos was soli. So that's pretty cool. I, so you taught me something on this one. Perfect. Perfect. You, you know, having met this education too. It, it is <laughs> always educational. Learn something new every day. So one thing, you know, going on that same liner note entry is the fact that you guys work with uh, Stefan Lill from Vondenplas with some of the, the composition. So how did that all come about? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, we're talking about the different roles I had to fit in. And uh, me personal, uh, like I said earlier, uh, I do fit much better in the producer role and in the rhythm guitarist role. Okay, mm -hmm. so this is how I see myself. You know, when I was back 15, 16 years old, I very soon decided that I won't become Amy Malmsteen mm -hmm. and that I would like to focus on... Uh, playing very good guitar, playing good uh, solo guitar, but I cannot develop uh, a solo in the way that I would expect it, okay? Sure. So the idea was to talk with uh, Stefan, who I know from Marcus Teske, obviously. They record their albums there, too. And it was like a collaboration that he wrote and developed the guitar solos solely, okay, the guitar solely, <laughs> and... Um, I learned them, I adopted them, I rearranged them a little bit, and uh, I think it really helped the record that there finally are very, very cool solely on the record. So uh, it was like, a, you know, helping each other out. I had something I hadn't to worry about it, and at the end of the day, the solely turned out much better than I could do it. So there's no ego. I have no problem with it. I'm pretty happy with the outcome. So that was the idea. Oh, yeah. And they did come out really, really well. And and like you, that's the thing, too, is that when I switched from, from bass to guitar, I knew I was never going to be Ingve Malmsteen, and I really concentrated on being a rhythm player as well. And mm -hmm. yeah, I, you know, every guitar players I work with, I'll be like, damn, how did you just come out of that? Out of nowhere, you came up with that great solo. And, and I got to mm -hmm. plod through it and really think what I'm doing. So having you guys do it this way, I, th I think it just did lend something pretty cool to all the tracks. Yeah, exactly. You know, sometimes it's a bit hard, to, you know, in the heavy metal scene that 
everyone is worried about. Okay, it, you, it has to be true. It has to be a band that plays. Um, I totally agree with it. Okay, I just say that um, we have to look a little bit into other directions. You know, when you have an R and B or a pop record, there are twenty producers on one record. Okay, is the music worse or is it better? I do not judge it because the whole record sounds pretty cool. And in heavy metal, I absolutely has to be handmade and put together by a band. But why not work with other collaborators? Okay, like we had Thomas Nöller, who was writing lyrics with us, sort of as a ghostwriter since the very first beginning. I don't see that in heavy metal that much, but the lyrics are really, really well uh, in writing and in, in the theme for a German-speaking guy. Hmm. So I think it will just help, you know, to make the product better. So this is just my point of view. It's a, it's a pretty solid one, too. You know, one of the tracks that I really like on the album is uh, is Cross the Great Divide. And part of the reason I like it is because with the sonic nature of that song, when I first heard it, I thought, wow, if Iron Maiden decided to become a German power metal band, this is what they would sound like. <laughs> <laughs> perfect perfect yeah I, I think this comes from the guitar harmonies mm. uh, and stuff like that um, but then it will be Iron Maiden on speed I believe <laughs> but um, yeah I'm glad you like it uh, this is uh, again a song uh, that Alex provided and I just uh, rearranged it a little bit to fit it more into the Sinbreed style and Herbie did hell of a job. The drumming is awesome. There is no solo in it. We just played around with four uh, rhythm guitar lines in the midsection, and it was a little bit different. And by far the fastest song we provided yet. So um, it's cool that you pointed out that song. I really do, I, you know, I got into that one just 
instantly. And if, the thing is, is that overall, the whole album is pretty breathtaking. So, you know, you guys just launch into creation reality and it's like, okay, we're on a ride here. And, <laughs> and you know, but, but then when Cross the Great Divide comes in, it starts off more of a mid-tempo initially and just brings you in. And all of a sudden, again, just like you guys put the throttle down. And it's like that through, you know, almost the whole, uh, almost the whole album, except for, uh, except for At the Gate. So uh, just amazing, amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good to hear that. I couldn't agree more. So um, for this one, did you do any switching up on gear at all or any new stuff you've decided to use? Well, I was a little bit concerned that um, that was the third record and I pretty much used the exact same setup um, for the guitar sound like we did on Shadows, okay? And I believe the listeners will recognize it. I gave it a lot of thought and talked forth and back with Marcus Teske but, um, you know, I was so happy with the Synbreed, uh, with a shadow sound, and that I wanted to use it again on the new record. And it's some, th- some style of, you know, Synbreed characteristics. So why not keep it? Okay, so um, we decided to do it the same way. It's based on a Mesa Vui dual rectifier. And I changed from money guitars to Chavel guitars, which I really, really like. And still using the same same Duncan humbucker, so the sound is pretty much the same, but the guitar changed, yes. I do like the sound that you guys have, that you really do have a distinct sound in Sinbreed that, you know, most German power metal bands have more of a... Uh, I don't know. I don't know how to put it. Like a like a high fidelity kind of sound. You guys have a little bit more crunch to it, and maybe that's the Maser as well as the Duncans coming in. But you really do have a signature sound that when you hear it, you go, ah, that's Sinbreed. Well, that's uh, very cool to hear because you know this is what every every band is trying to do. Okay, so the approach in Sinbreed is absolutely that we get a little bit more distinctive and brutal sound for a power metal band, and. We try to prevent reverb, okay, <laughs> because this is what many, many power metal bands use on the drums to get a little bit more wider and open sound. But, you know, this all is high speed. This is high speed riffing, and we want to do it as transparent as possible. So, um, yeah, it's cool that you see it the same way. And at the end of the day, it's cool if somebody listens to a song and can say, okay, this is Sinbreed after a few seconds. So this is our goal. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, you know, Herbie's voice lends a lot to it as well. You know, you know, singers like Ralph Sheepers, which I absolutely love his voice, and he's mm-hmm. perfect for Primal Fear. But I like that Herbie brings a little bit more of that Bond Scott element, that he seems to have a, a pretty damn awesome range, but he's also just lends a little bit more attitude with the way his voice is. Yes, yeah, absolutely, because sometimes um, he really can do the shouting stuff, okay, that Bon Scott and Brian are doing. So, but at the end of the day, uh, he is a very good, you know, uh, power metal singer with a clear intonation, and he really knows what to do. But if he wants to, he can add some extra crisp and extra dirty sounding voices. And, you know, Herbie, uh, all I can say is one of the best. And he proves it on that record, Master Creator. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it is definitely different than what he does when he's working with Tobias. It's, you know, it's, it's a different kind of vocal style. So I really yeah. like that. Yeah. 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 So one thing I noticed when I got, when I got the album in and, you know, it has the wrapping on it and stuff is the fact that it says, you know, featuring members of Blind Guardian and Avantasia. And I'm thinking, all right, we're at the third album. Like maybe by the fourth one, they'll stop putting that on there. So it's like Sinbreed is Sinbreed. 
Ah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, you can imagine that uh, what we both are thinking, you cannot uh, tell the label. <laughs> so <laughs> this is quite obvious. And I'm totally cool with it. Okay. So to be quite honest, of course, we do get some attention because of Blind Guardian. We do get a lot of attention because of Avantasia. This is a no-brainer. Yeah. But yeah. Here and there, I wish that Synbreed will, you know, involve a little bit and that we get recognized as the unique band we are. Right. And we do get this. But when you have uh, so-called famous people in the bands, then, you know, there will always be crossing to the other projects. So I'm cool with that. Yeah, yeah. It's just, I mean, I could get it from the fact that you guys you know, had the gap between 2010 and 2014 and maybe people had to be reminded of who Sinbreed was. Yeah. And maybe on the second one, it's like, okay, that's fine. And I was like, wow, because part of what I fear is when people look at that is they think, oh, this is just another project band. And we see so many of those when you guys definitely aren't that. And I'd hate to see you guys lumped into that category. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. This uh, is a risk. Yeah, you have to take and maybe they say, okay, if it's like Blind Guardian, then I buy the original Blind Guardian. Mm. Okay, so that they are not so open-minded. But, um, you know, from the sales point of view, I, I have to accept what the label think <laughs> is best for it. So, um, yeah, yeah, there's nothing I can do. <laughs> yeah, I know, those labels. Yep. Yeah. So um, I imagine you guys must have uh, um, some live shows coming up uh, in the future. Absolutely, absolutely. With uh, the Shadows record, unfortunately, we didn't do enough touring and live shows. So uh, we promised to ourselves that we do uh, better with the new record coming out. Currently, this is a tough one with that Blind Guardian who still is rolling and Herbie doing some Avantasia. But at the end of the day, it has to be scheduled around it and we are pretty confident that we will make it. Yeah, I, I would imagine that at least you'll be able to get onto some festival dates where, like, you know, that uh, Blind Guardian is on the same dates, and maybe you could do some of those. Yeah, maybe as long as it's uh, you know a day in between or stuff like that, then that would be absolutely possible to do. Yes. Mm, nice. I know that uh, it's always like a really hard question that I always ask this though, but uh, from you now, and of course this is still a pretty new album, but. You know, what's your favorite song on the album so far? Hmm. <laughs> well, you know, I have to say that I really love the Moonlit Night one. Mm. This is a song that Herbie exclusively wrote for the record because I encouraged him that he writes a song which adds a different color to it and which is, was on purpose for that record, okay? And what came out... Yeah, blew me away. I it was a lot of fun playing the guitars, and Herbie did hell of a job. So I really love that song. And for me personal, is the title track "Master Creator" because that opening riff is you know ten years back in time, but the rest of it got developed while we were preparing the record. And uh, the title of it was Japan because I wanted that record, uh, that song, to be on the Japan bonus, but. While writing and recording it, the song turned out so cool that it later on became the, the title track. So this was my personal connection to a song which I hadn't on focus, but which developed during the process and later on became the title track. So I'm pretty, pretty cool with that song.
glad you, you mentioned Moonlit Night because that is one of the ones when I went through and you get to that track and it does have a different feel to it, enough so that when it was all done, I went, you know, I want to listen to that one again. It did have a different feel, so now I understand why. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. It was, you know, Herbie totally free of any stuff I told him. He can do whatever he wanted. I expect him to play some clean guitars in it because I know that he likes that very much. And yeah, then when we, we talked about um, how the synth sound is a little bit distinctive, then it came, you know, the, the needed heaviness back again when we were mixing it. And yeah, there we go. It's no ballad, no nothing, but with a different part. Yeah. 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 And, and of course, the, um, where did the progginess come in on the, the riddle track? <laughs> it's always a drummer, okay? <laughs> that song uh, got developed by Frederik on his own. And um, I was really, really concerned because of the riffing and stuff like that. But um, here I had to learn a bit. And it's, you know, all a democracy and all the other three guys wanted to have it that way. And so I slipped back into the role only to record my rhythm tracks in it. And yeah, I would agree. There is some progginess on that song, throughout the song, with this amazing keyboard solo Marcus Teske did provide. So yeah, it's, like I said before, another color to the record, but um, I don't want to miss it. And I read quite eight or nine reviews where they pointed out that that song is one of their favorites. So everything we did everything right i would say yeah and you know that when that first started and you really get that prog flavor i was thinking uh-oh this is going to be like a six or seven minute song and, and be really <laughs> out of character for Sinbri because you guys are usually in that you know under five minute kind of a of a track but yeah. you guys you know i was like oh cool it's 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 right in their normal uh their normal space so uh yeah just a very well done track cool awesome awesome of course drummers like you said i mean they always cause problems and was it frederick's idea to bring the bagpipes into on the run <laughs> uh, no, he was the poor ass who had to perform it. Uh, but the idea was was actually was Herbie. Okay, uh-huh. when we did the songwriting and uh, we had major problems in that midsection, and all I gave him for his demo vocals was a click track. Okay, it was just a click track, and I said, "Do something with your voice." I can remember telling him, and he did this big choir and his David Coverdale style, you know, vocal stuff over his own choir. And okay, there was absolutely we need to have some big balls to bring in a total different vibe to that section and he came up with the idea of bagpipes and you know frederick has i don't know like five or six bagpipes so this is really his thing he loves doing it so it was just a phone call away and later that day i had that arrangement with the bagpipes so (laughs) we had to keep it at the end of the day no Uh, chance man yeah i just you know growing up there was uh some neighbors they were up the street a little bit and uh their family they had a uh, bagpipe clan and so yeah, i just remember growing up you know a couple t- couple nights a week you just hear bagpipes because they'd be outside practicing and and once oh i moved God. away i thought okay i'm all set with bagpipes and every time bagpipes pop on i'm like are you kidding me more bagpipes so, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so now we, we got you with the latest simbrid record you get that back got me again yep i'll tell you um <laughs> like i said flow all around good stuff and uh just i'm i'm just still amazed that 
after this just a short period of time, how much of an intensive, massive album you guys have been able to put out. And, and the fact that you guys are crazy busy doing all kinds of other stuff. It's just, it's an incredible, uh, incredible feat. Yeah, thank you very much. Because, you know, this was the, the main task. We we saw that coming, of course, okay, when we talked about the next record. And this is uh, why uh, Marcus chose to, to leave us, because he was sure that he will not give 100% to it. Mm. So, um, yeah, we had that on focus. We planned everything very well. And then we had to just execute it in some way. And fortunately, uh, it all worked out pretty cool. Yeah. Nice, nice. And of course, you know, you speak about Marcus and, and you guys were, you know, made the decision to, uh, to do your upcoming live shows as a four piece. Are you looking forward to that? We're totally looking forward to that, but um, we are thinking about, you know, inviting uh, another guitarist for those live shows mm. because, yeah, we gave it so much thought to write a song with two guitars and harmonize everything and stuff like that. So it wouldn't just feel right to perform it with one guitar, with one voice. So we're working on that. We're looking forward to that live shows. And yeah, hopefully we find some cool guy and we will, of course, keep you all posted. <laughs> awesome. So, of course, keeping everybody posted, um, where online should they uh, should they try to hook up with you guys to keep up with tour dates and guitar players and all that good stuff? Yeah, uh, by tomorrow we will finally have our new website online, which is simbreed.com. So I invite every one of you to sneak in and check out our stuff. And obviously on facebook.com slash simbreed, where will we keep you posted too? Good stuff. Flo, it's always great to talk to you. And uh, who knows, maybe in another 18 months, I'll be talking to you again about another great Sinbreed album. <laughs> Hopefully, let's do that. I, I will count on you. Thank you very much, Scott, for having me. Awesome. Have a, have a great rest of the day. I know you got a long day ahead of you. But uh, I again, I appreciate talking to you. Always enjoy the uh, conversation. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Scott. And talk to you soon. All right, Flo. Later. Bye-bye. Right, there you go. Another nice chat with Flo Loren. Always a cool guy to talk to. And if you want to find out more about Sinbreed, you can head up to sinbreed.com. Lots of nice videos up there about the making of Master Creator. You can also find them on Twitter, twitter.com slash sinbreedmetal. And the usual Facebook, facebook.com slash sinbreed. And as I mentioned to Flo, there's just so many awesome tracks on this album. Played you a couple during the interview, and I thought, you know what? I'm just going to give you one more. Another cool track that Flo and I talked about was one called The Riddle. We talked all about the proggy elements in there and all that, and I thought, I'm going to give you a chance to listen to that right now. So, off of Master Creator, this one is The Riddle. Breathe 
This is Dr. Danny Mann from Sorizon, and you're headbanging to Focus on Metal. So up next, as you just heard, is Dr. Danny Mann from Sorizon. Really cool band out of Southern California. These guys have been around for quite a while. They started out as the band Joust back in 2006. And since then, they changed direction a little bit and became Sorizon. These guys have definitely been doing pretty well for themselves. They have been uh, sharing the stage with Diamond Head, Anvil, Orphan Land, very cool band. Swallow the Sun, Primal Fear, extremely cool band. Redemption, Havoc, doing really well for themselves. And they've definitely uh, had a had a slow go of it. They've changed a lot of different members and gone, you know, the, the usual band thing. But uh, definitely uh, been making their way through the metal scene. And this year, they put out their brand new one called End of Entrapment. And Danny and I talk about it in the interview. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of lyrical theme about ending entrapment. But it's also talking about the whole overarching kind of philosophy of breaking any musical chains that have bound them to any specific prior sounds. So as I mentioned, very, very cool band. You want to find out more about them. You want to get the album. You want to get yourself some Sorizon merch. You just want to delve more into the band history. You can go to Sorizon.net. You can also find them on Facebook, facebook.com slash Sorizon official, as well as on Reverb Nation at ReverbNation.com slash Sorizon. And in case it's not already clear, Sorizon is spelled just like Horizon, just popping S where the H is, and you've got it right. In my uh, quest to keep bringing you guys some great new bands, uh, once again, another one has dropped into our laps. And uh, this is a band that's actually very hard for me to categorize, and I like them for that. I'm talking about Sorizon, and I am uh, talking tonight with the uh, the leader of the band, Dr. Danny Mann. How are we doing, my friend? I'm doing awesome, man. Really stoked to be on the show. Thank you for having us. Hey, no problem. And like I said, I... It's one thing I, I like about about your band is that you really it's hard to pigeonhole what you guys are. And I, I know when I was playing, that was something that we would get dinged with a lot because, you know, whenever we sit down to write something it was like whatever popped into my skull that day is what came out. And mm-hmm. I like the fact that I listened to the to the new EP and you've got so many different things going on. And there's definitely something for everybody. But I think it gives a nice display of the types of things you guys are capable of doing. Thank you. Yeah, that, that's definitely something we go for. And, um, you know, at first we were, if you listen to some of our older stuff, we definitely were trying to mix genres um, a little more fluidly, maybe, to mm-hmm. be frank. But um, on this record, you know, it's called End of Entrapment. And one of the things for us that was different for me with writing um, all these songs musically was just letting loose and just saying, you know, fuck it. Like, I'm going to do a song that's totally rocking. I'm going to do a song that's totally more death metal. And I don't care if it's, like, perfectly infused. But I think, I don't know, I think our sound still comes through and it's still... Somehow it's been translating well, so yeah. I'm, I'm happy about it. And, and you're right. I mean, you, you kick it off with Falling, which to me, it harkens a lot to, to Dream Theater. And I, mm-hmm. I said this once talking to Mike LaPond, you know, with, with, uh, with his band, that, that you guys, you know, with Symphony X, it takes all the good stuff of Dream Theater and leaves out the bad and stuff. that like, mm-hmm. really, And that's what, what Falling sounds like to me as well, is it, mm-hmm. it takes the, the best elements of it, but leaves all the stuff that makes you go like, all right, enough, <laughs> move on. And then you go right into Lay to Waste, and it's like, holy shit, what's going on here? And I, I love that diversity. 
Yeah, yeah, that's funny that you say that because when I first started this band um, around 2008, uh, I was really inspired by Symphony X's Paradise Lost record. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because for exactly the reason you said, I felt like they were doing progressive sort of stuff similar to Dream Theater, but they actually like made it heavy and made it rock and cool and powerful. Yeah. And so that was one of my main goals with Sriden from the start was to try to make, um, you know, this sort of progressive style, like heavier. Right. Exactly. And it's, 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 um, it, it just, I like that element. It's, you know, song like falling sounds really powerful and it's not tedious and it has a certain airiness to it and that airiness gives it even more power and just such a great tune and and i'm glad you guys open with that as well because it just it seems to express a lot about the band right in that one tune now it's over so much I, I really appreciate that um yeah we were debating a little bit of which song to start it with and uh we also kind of like the the irony of the first line is now it's over <laughs> and um that's you know the first line of the first song and so yeah i think it, it worked out it was hard to choose because we're proud of all these songs so sure. but i'm really i'm really glad that you you dig it Oh yeah, no, it definitely it's it's uh it's a really well constructed song. And then of course, Poisonous Kiss 
if radio didn't suck, that is a made-for-radio tune right there. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, that one was fun. Uh, we we kind of get impatient with new songs, and we'll start playing them live like way before they're going to be released. Hmm. And as soon as we started playing that one live, um, people really latched on to it, and also to Falling, too, but... Um, People remembered Poisonous Kiss and wanted to keep hearing that, so yeah. that was a good sign. Well, that's a good way to, to you know, really kind of vet songs out, too, right? Because sometimes you might think, oh, this part's really cool and it glues together, and you play it in front of an audience, and you know, if you can catch them with a new song that, that they've never heard, that's you're like, okay, we're on to something. But then you kind of watch yeah. that reaction, and they're like, all right, they're looking really puzzled on this part we were stoked about. All right, maybe <laughs> we ought to rethink this. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and... uh of course, you know, Minutemen, it's it's more than a minute. I was like, wait a minute, am I missing something here? It's like, it's a minute four. Okay, they're, they're screwing with me. But yeah. a very cool song. Yeah, it's just a little over. Um, but, uh, yeah, the lyrics, so we're trying to figure out what the good title for that song. And a lot of the lyrics have to do with the whole end of entrapment theme of kind of breaking free, um, mostly from, like, your from personal battles and stuff and kind of overcoming things. And in that song too, although it was intended for more of that personal breakthrough, it can be um, interpreted as sort of like a revolutionary thing. So, so we're, and of course me being in Boston now, is like <laughs> Minutemen, you know, the colonial oh, yeah. uh, guys. Um, and then since it's about a minute, we just thought it was, appropriate and kind of funny sure sure no it, it is a you know a, a cool song and you know you talk about about the themes of these songs too and, and looking through the uh the, the digital liner notes and stuff and you guys had all the lyrics in there and definitely some mm -hmm. pretty powerful lyrics that you have going on there yeah that's um so the way most of our music works is i, I write the the song musically and then our singer um, Keith McIntosh writes the lyrics and the vocals um, then the whole band works together to kind of polish things up so I can't take any credit for, for the lyrics but um, I gotta say they are particularly good this time and um, you know really amazing performance from Keith definitely his best yet and so yeah I'm really proud of him and, and what he's done with the vocals yeah, yeah. Um, just like I said, there some of them are pretty deep, and that's that's cool. I I like listening to lyrics, but it's also you know great. You listen and you're reading and and uh, kind of get another kind of visualization on things. So yeah, just just yeah. really really well done. Of course, I was a little bummed because only having you know six songs and and mm. one of them was only about a minute, and one of them is an acoustic, <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, I just I just wanted more. And so yeah. was your intention to kind of whet everyone's appetite with End of Entrapment and then uh, work towards a full length? Or are you guys going to be more a band that likes EPs? I don't know. I mean, so our first two albums were, were full lengths, mm -hmm. um, but we just wanted to get music out there quicker. And we actually have um, a lot of, of music in the works. And even at at the time that, we put the EP together. So I don't know. There's been some talk of maybe combining it for, with other stuff or, um, I don't know. 
we'll see what happens. But I, I, I like the idea of getting more music out there quicker because I think that's kind of more aligned with how people expect bands to be nowadays. And, and it's easier. Yeah. Um, I mean, we recorded it all ourselves and mixed it ourselves um, and mastered it, everything. So, uh, I mean, it's taken us a while to learn how to do that well, but now that we can, we've invested like thousands and thousands of dollars into it. Might as well like keep it up, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. And it, uh, it adds up fast too. I, definitely. I, I know I've got mm-hmm. all kinds of gear laying around here and, uh, right. you know, between what you, you know, between, you know, stuff in my analog racks and then all the other stuff that you buy, you know, for digital, for your, for your DAWs, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. You look and you're like, how did I spend so much so quickly? And I don't have a lot here. So it's, uh, but it, it's amazing. You know, I look at what I can do now with an audio workstation to what I could do back in you know, like the early nineties. And it's, mm-hmm. it's amazing. I would have had a lot less headache if I could have done what I do now <laughs> back then. And, and I wouldn't yeah. have spent so much studio money either. Yeah, no, it's incredible. I mean, even just, there's a lot of, a lot of plugins nowadays that are modeling analog stuff so well it's just yeah. really putting it and the good plug the good plugins aren't cheap but you know they're just putting that pro sound in the hands of way more people now right the thing too so. that's cool about plugins is that sometimes you know as you work through it and you get better you find that sometimes using plugins for things that they really weren't intended for produces mm-hmm. some pretty amazing results. One of the things I love doing with drums, especially with the, the brass on drums, is using mm-hmm. uh, some of the Abbey Road plugins. And mm-hmm. if you get like a really heavy song, adding that stuff in there, just it gives this extra sparkle to all of that stuff, especially like the rides and stuff. And it just mm-hmm. adds this dimensionality to the song. And, and, you know, a lot of times you do that stuff with a band and they're like, oh, wow, that sounded really cool. What did you do? And I'm like, oh, I use this Beatles plugin. And they're all like, you did what? Like, really? <laughs> and it's like, you couldn't, you can't put Beatles on a metal thing. And it's like, oh, no, that's accepted. But uh, it's pretty cool to, you know, and also the fact that, you, you know, you're not spending a fortune to sit in a studio to experiment. So you can throw right. something on, render it, see how it sounds and be like, ah, no, that didn't work. All right. And and you're not like, great, we just wasted 500 bucks. So it's, uh, yeah, you know, it's cool. But I'll say, too, that this does not sound like you guys did it at home. It really doesn't. It's it's. So you guys did a great job, especially with the mastering and everything, because it sounds oh, like it was you. done in a studio. Thank you. Yeah, we've been working along, working um, for a long time on that, and and yeah, and like like you, we have a good amount of analog gear in conjunction with fancy plugins. So um, yeah, it's good, and yeah, we we keep refining it. I mean, even today, um, you know, the stuff I record and. I work with Sean, our drummer, on that. Uh, I think we're just getting better and better. So I mm. think each release will just sound heavier. <laughs> yeah, no, it does. It does have a nice open feel. It sounds like something that was done in a big room, and I think mm-hmm. that matches a, a lot of the way some of these songs sound. Anyways, you know, especially stuff like "Falling." You know, even mm-hmm. "Bypass the Pain" has got that. It just got a big open feel to it, which is cool. But it still brings the heavy, which is great. <laughs> yeah, thank you.
so gear wise, um, now when you guys yeah. are doing this, do you use a lot of amp modeling? Do you uh, mic up, you know, your own analog amps? How are you how are you guys doing it? Well, good question. You're getting me excited because I'm definitely a gearhead. Um, actually, right now I'm looking at my like five amps and eight <laughs> guitars and stuff. Um, so, so yeah, the way we did it is we used our tube amps um, and regular pedal boards and stuff going into a two notes torpedo live. Oh yeah. Yeah. Is, yeah. Not a lot of people use that? those, but yeah. Yeah. So um, it's kind of a newer thing, but mm-hmm. it's a cabinet simulator and it takes, it has a reactive load so you can crank your amp into it. Right. And get like that, real good sound yeah. and then of course there's two versions of it there's one that's got that reactive load and there's one that doesn't so you want to make sure you get the one with the reactive load it does right, the, right. does the most so, for you yeah so it really i mean it really sounds like like a speaker is being moved and what's cool about it is so i i got nice impulses of my speaker cab with like um, I have a bog, a Bogner Uber cab mm. and, um, so yeah, I found a good Bogner 412 impulse and it's my tone and it's super consistent because I don't have to deal with micing up the cab, which is like <laughs> I've spent years on and you like sneeze on it and you have a different sound. Yep. Um, and it, it sounded better than anything I had ever done with my, with the real thing. Yeah. So, yeah, and and it's super convenient because, you know, we recorded all the guitars and bass. We recorded bass that way, too. Um, yeah, like in my apartment. And I did some of it at, like, 7 in the morning. <laughs> uh, and no one knows that I'm, like, cranking my amp. It would, like, kill people if it was actually going through a speaker. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's honestly one of the best things I ever got for, for guitar, uh, just changed like my life being able to practice and record, uh, at whatever volume I wanted with headphones or just through my monitor. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, those are definitely very cool. I, I've actually in my, in uh, one of my racks, I have, uh, it's back from the eighties. It's an ADA, um, micro cab guitar cab emulator. And Mm -hmm. I had, heard so many artists you know slowly confessing that oh yeah like that classic album where you thought it was you know a marshall or in this cab and that it's like no we use this 88 micro cabin so many people had mentioned it that i'm like screw it i gotta go i gotta find one i I managed to scrounge one up and uh, Mm -hmm. it's really cool because you can just uh you know it's it's all analog but the way they the way they they put it together it's amazing how many different kinds of cabs it flawlessly mimics and it's it's very cool but i've had my eye on, on that uh on that same unit you've got as well, mm-hmm. just because of the fact that it does have that reactive load. And I yeah. just love to be able to just put one of my larger heads through it and just get oh, that yeah. tone. Yeah. I highly recommend it. And not only for larger heads, but I've recorded, so I have a Marshall, um, JTM one watt mm-hmm. ha- amp. Oh, is that one of the, one of the anniversary ones from last year? Yeah. Yeah. So it's one watt. It, ha- it actually has some of my favorite clean sound and I've had, I've done recordings where it's like that head, and then later when it gets heavy, it goes into a PV fifty one fifty or something. Hmm. And 
the my you know, uh, drummer who's mixing it like had no idea. He thought the whole thing was the fifty-one fifty. Like you can't, you can make any sound, any power head, you know, just be at the level you want it to be. Yeah. But yeah. So so anyway, back to the rig. So I I used my orange rocker verb, hmm. um, and which I have modified. I put KT eighty eight power tubes in it. Okay. So it's like more tight sounding than right. a regular orange, but still got like a really sweet mid range. And then the other guitarist, Tim, actually used a Bugera um, nineteen ninety head, which yeah. is like a JCM nine hundred. Right. And um, yeah, they paired together pretty nicely. And and then we recorded all the solos on the orange because it kind of sounds better for solos mm-hmm. so yeah that's that was the guitar rig nice and what about um what about pedals do you ever you get into any pedals at all yeah um so we used the uh we used my pedal board the whole time so we used the maxon od 808x uh-huh. it's like their new extreme overdrive um just to tighten up the amps a little bit and then for the solos we'd use a mxr carbon copy yeah, delay. yeah great delay yeah um, you using the regular one, or you using the uh, the light green one that uh, Pro Guitar uh, yeah, Shop just, gets? Just the regular just one. The regular one, yeah. Um, but yeah, the light, light the light green one seems cool because the regular one is a little dark, mm-hmm. but um, I like it. Yeah, I'm a pedal whore, so it's just like I just can't stop myself. Like today, I ended up Re- Reverb had a, a one of the vendors had a sale on uh, on Timmy's, so I'm like, well, crap! I always wanted a Timmy. Now I got to get one. It's on sale. So grabbed it, and uh, that's just I don't a know great, what? A, a Timmy. You ever hear of a Timmy Overdrive? And the, I don't think so. No, look it up. Yeah, uh, I'm really surprised because I know like a lot of gear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so to, so look up a Timmy, and then you'll see like how they did the actual chain through that, and why that Overdrive acts differently. And that's hmm. that's like one of those cult favorite. OD pedals. I mean, it's not yeah. like it's not like a Klon type of, yeah. uh, of you know Kulk pedal, but uh, definitely yeah. it's one of these ones that uh, pretty much you know a, a lot of guys have them. It might not be on mm. their you know on their live rig, but they've yeah. got it on their studio board, and um, it's it's pretty much one of those ODs that people would say, yeah, you you have to get one. And uh, huh. just that's good to know. Yeah, Learning so, things here. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so check that one out. And uh, it's one is one guy. He 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 hand builds all of them. Cool. So yeah, and uh, usually if you know if you get a, a place that carries them, I think there's only like one place around in here in Mass that actually has them, like down near the mm. Cape. And they don't always have them in stock because this guy's building them one by one. But uh, yeah, definitely check that out. Mm. So what about guitars? Um, what have you been using? Oh yeah. Um, so I so. Tim, the other guitar player, he used uh, Schecter Hellraiser seven mm-hmm. string. Okay, and that it just totally stock. It has like the EMG seven oh seven, and then I used two different guitars. I used um, I have a Bernie Rico Junior custom seven string mm-hmm. with uh, at the time I had just a Seymour Duncan JB in the bridge and. Now I switched to the Nazgul, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Cool pickup. And then, so I use that for the seven string songs. And then for the standard tuning songs, which is actually most of them, uh, 
lay to waste, um, poisonous kits, and bypass are all standard tuning. And I used a Heritage H150. Okay. Which is like, a, do you know about Heritage? Oh, yeah. Is, now, is the 150, is that the same model that uh, Alex Skulnick was using? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much just like his model. So it has a JB, JB in the bridge, um, Les Paul style, just amazing if I, I really love that guitar. Am I allowed to cuss on this show? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I fucking love that guitar so much. Um, it's just got sustained for days, and it may, whoever picks it up sounds better than they really are. <laughs> and uh, so I like instruments like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know that, uh, you know, I talked to Alex about his, and, and he still really likes his as well. Um, even though he's, you know, ended up with other signature models elsewhere, but he still, yeah. he loves the heritage still. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I love Alex Kolnick. Yeah. Man. Yeah, great guy, great guy. I'm happy to f- talk to a fellow gearhead. You know, a lot of times people are like, well, I got this amp and I got this guitar and I don't know much about it. It sounds good, but um, I-, I love talking gear whenever I can. Oh, so nice. It's, yeah, it's that's a rare privilege. Oh, yeah. My pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> As far as uh, you guys on the web, social media, all that, people listening to this and they, you know, they want to check you guys out, where's the best places online for them to, to head to, to to find out all about Sorizon? Well, I think our official website, which is Sorizon.net, um, that's the best collection of everything Sorizon. So you can see our news, our shows, uh, like a Twitter feed, all our music is there, bio, all that. If you really want to get into it. But um, for social media, I think we're most active on Facebook. So it's facebook.com slash Official. And the easiest place to listen to all our music um, is probably our Bandcamp page, sorizon.bandcamp.com. But all our music is also on Spotify and iTunes and YouTube and all that good stuff. Nice. And, and I will say the, the main website, very cool. And I, I like the fact that you guys did lay it out differently and the fact that there's just that nice, clean, single menu button up at the top that then gives you uh, what you want. Um, you know, because almost everybody, including myself, has just kind of the standard menu splashed across it. But that just, it looks really clean the way you guys did it. Uh, thank you. Yeah, we actually just redesigned it. And among many other roles in the band, I'm also the website guy. <laughs> so uh, we recently kind of revamped it and put the new artwork, gave it a new look for the for the EP. Hmm. I'm glad you like it. I'm glad somebody noticed. <laughs> oh, it looks really nice. And I, I know the work that goes in. You know, I do the website for the show. And, you know, I started, like, designing a new website. And then I'm like, God damn, this is just... It's too much freaking work. I've got way too many other things to do besides this. I'll just keep editing the same website. But, uh, yeah. but you know, I brought that up and I was like, damn, I love that. Just one little menu button up there and it comes <laughs> over and it's like, it just looks so classy. Yeah. Well, thank you. I mean, so we, we use Weebly.com as the main, um, so it's like a free website editor hmm. where you can, if you buy your, if you have your don- domain made, you can, you know, still use your domain, but then just edit through. Yeah. And yeah, I highly recommend it because I didn't have to think at all about good layouts. They, they have, you know, professionally designed layouts ready to go. Yeah. And then you just kind of add your stuff to it. But I know what you mean about like, if I really wanted to change, it would be way too much work. So I'm just (laughs) going to stick with, (laughs) you know, modifying 
um, this Weebly thing, yeah. but uh, I think it's a good tool for like bands and yeah, no, it does. It, I mean, the result looks really good. You know, it does sound like it's easy to do. I mean, I'm a little old school. I actually like hand code the HTML and I hand code the CSS and wow. you know yeah, the whole see, thing. That's, so that's awesome. But ours is just like drag and drop. And yeah. <laughs> so you got end of entrapment, great stuff, and like you said, you you know you're getting together more songs already. And do you think you're going to be doing another release within? the year or within 12 to 18 months like when do we think we're going to mm. get even more Sorizon music yeah well that's a good question i think i think there's a good chance that within a year or 12 to 18 months i'd say definitely within a year and a half it'll be more Sorizon. hopefully sooner though um mm. we're just kind of figuring out logistics i just announced to my band just a few days ago and I haven't told very many people that, that I will be moving back to California and that will, and rejoin the band and, you know, physically. And, um, so that will definitely kind of kickstart the group to, to push on harder. Um, since I'm sort of the, the main uh, songwriter. Right. So yeah, we're looking forward to it. And then we're also going to, so we're doing kind of an Iron Maiden thing where they I left, they found a new guy, and I'm coming back. And so then I, we're going to try out the three guitar thing. <laughs> and so I'm really looking forward to that because I think, and actually over New Year's, I, I visited California and we tried it out for like a few songs. I jumped on stage. Yeah. And it was just awesome. And everyone in the crowd was like, wow, three is like better than two. <laughs> Um, and, and I think it could open up even more creative possibilities. And, um, so I'm like really excited about that opportunity and we'll, we'll see how it works out. Yeah. Um, I'm all for trying new stuff. So that is cool. And as long as one guy isn't getting pigeonholed us, yeah, that's the Yannick gears guy. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to see how it shakes out, but I have high hopes. Yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, it's 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 cool that you're trying something different, and and you know, based on the kind of stuff that you guys write, though, it's probably pretty advantageous to have that extra guitarist as well. You can, I, I yeah. imagine, you guys will be able to to figure out a way to make that work really well, just like Maiden did. Yeah, definitely. And and on recording, there are many times where there'll be a lead harmony or something, and we do that live, but but then the rhythm guitar drops out, so. Um, we'll be able to better recreate some of the studio stuff with the right. guitars. Yeah, no, that's very cool. Now, do any of you guys do any kind of keyboards as well? Would that fit in, having someone do some of that if they, you know, go between guitar and boards? Or Yeah, I don't know. Um, at first, I was kind of opposed to having keyboards in Horizon mm. um, because I wanted to be more, like, rocking. Sure. And, like, you know, just focusing on the guitars and... I'm very picky about the keyboards I like. I like keyboards, but they have to be like one of my pet peeves is when a keyboard player plays essentially a guitar solo on keyboard, <laughs> like like exact guitar licks that you've heard like, you know, BB King or someone do on the keyboard. It just bothers me because they have this whole other instrument that they can do something interesting with. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I don't know. Who knows? Uh, we have a few really talented, like, 
multi-instrumentalist in the band. Our singer, Keith, um, is a really good guitar player. He actually played all the acoustic guitar on the on the acoustic track okay. on the EP. Yeah. And our the other guitarist, Tim, he's actually in school for for opera singing. Mm. And so he's a really talented, classically trained singer and uh, understands music theory in a very detailed way, far beyond me. And um, so I think if we put our heads together, we can get some cool combinations of things happening. Sure. Yeah. No, I think that'll uh, that'll probably sound very cool, and I'm looking forward to hearing some of that. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. Um, so, anything else before I let you go? Any other any other news or anything else to to give people about Horizon, or do you think you've pretty much said it all? <laughs> I, well, I think we've covered a lot. Uh, I just want to thank you again, Scott, and thank all the listeners for tuning in. Um, it's an honor to be on your show, and look forward to partnering up with you again in the future. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. When the new one comes out, just let me know. You know, you got my email, shoot me an email and uh, love to have you come back on. And, you know, maybe at that point, you may have a few of the other guys on with you as well. You're going to have a full band one if you want. But uh, just let everyone yep. know that you guys got new stuff out. Keep everybody in this horizon loop. We're going to keep at it. We've been doing this for, you know, eight years in this group. And the singer and drummer and I were in a band before that. And each of our releases gets better, so we're doing the, the slow climb towards better metal. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> awesome. It's a bummer that you'll be uh, be leaving us here in Beantown, but uh, <laughs> it'll be it'll be much more of a benefit of the ease of working with the rest of the band uh, when you get back on the other coast. So, uh, as I said, I'm looking forward to seeing what comes out of it. Well, thank you very much. All right, Danny. Well, have a good rest of the night. And of course, it's a usual rainy Massachusetts night tonight, but uh, nonetheless, <laughs> good night to hunker down with the guitar and uh, get some good riffs going. That's exactly what I have in mind. Thank you. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, hopefully I'll talk to you soon then. Okay. Thanks, All right. Man. Thanks, Danny. Horizon interview with another track. That one, of course, is Minuteman. And just a reminder, you can find them on Sorizon.net. And again, big thanks to Dr. Danny Mann, as well as Flo Lorin for taking time to come on Focus on Metal this week. And for those of you looking for more Focus on Metal, you can always find us at FocusOnMetal.net. Lots of old episodes up there. The uh, lion's share of the past five years' worth of shows are available for download or streaming right there from FocusOnMetal.net. There are some blocks in there where there's stuff missing, and if you see something in there that doesn't have a streaming or download link and you would like to listen to it, you can shoot me an email. You can send that to scott 
at focusonmetal.net, and I will do my best to see about getting that up on the website and available for streaming. You can, of course, find a lot of our episodes up on both of our episodes' feeds up on iTunes. Just go to iTunes, look up Focus on Metal. If you like to get your stuff via RSS, but you're not a big fan of iTunes, and I know there's a lot of people out there like that, you can either grab our direct RSS link off of focusonmetal.net as well as focusonmetal.blogspot.com, or you can go to feeds.feedburner.com slash focus on metal and that is our main rss link and you can go ahead and subscribe to our rss feed right there and put it into any of your favorite rss players and while you're tooling around on the net doing god knows what you can also find us on facebook as well as twitter twitter.com slash focus on metal but right now that is a wrap for this week so for myself for richie and everybody else here at focus on metal Have yourselves a good metal week, and until we talk to you again next week, remember... Focus on metal! Everything else is insignificant. Still here? It's over. Go home.